Hello and welcome to the very first episode of the Bell's Laboratory Podcast. My name is Michael William Bell and it's very good to meet you guys in this audio-focused podcasty world. I do think this medium is a great way of communicating messages, discussing ideas, um, and I think for me it's good to diary um, my journey, um, which I'm about to outline for you all. I'm an award-winning soundtrack composer, a lecturer at the University of Northampton, sound designer, sound engineer, and perhaps most relevant or more um, to the point in terms of this podcast, a newly enrolled PhD researcher um, in the fields of spatial and object-based audio. So the reason for choosing the name Bell's Laboratory, just so you know, in case you hadn't already guessed, 100% a nod back to Bell Laboratories, home of the late and great Alexander Graham Bell, responsible for, of course, creating the telephone. Um, and during just kind of looking into Bell Labs over the years, I forgot about Carl Jansky, who, you know, in the early 30s um, was experimenting with sort of hi-fi, you know, long play and even stereo recordings of orchestras, which was then transmitted in the States from Philadelphia to Washington. And these were all parts of his of his early uh, experiments in the, in the sort of fields of, of radio astronomy. So very much relevant, you know, um, it would be good to have some ties to uh, Alexander Graham Bell financially, but that's definitely not the, uh, not the case. <laughs> but hey, maybe I was part of the clan at one point. We can, uh, you know, we can still, we can still keep the name, right? Um, but yeah, all this aside, I thought it'd be good to just talk a little bit about why, why do I even care about um, immersive sound? And to do that, I suppose I've got to go a little bit back into my, into my childhood and into my past. Um, music was very much a part of my, my life from what I can remember growing up. Both my mother and father were into music. So there was always something playing, be it in the car or be it in the home. And stack systems and separates were very popular around this time. So my dad, I think, was working, he was working in sales, but they were always in sort of quite techie companies. So he worked for Philips before I was born. Um, so we had all the kind of like the CD quality um, separate systems and and um, various sort of AV tech in the home, which I suppose he got through work. Um, so I was exposed to it without really understanding kind of what it was. I just thought it was a a thing, so to speak, that people had in their homes. And I think as he continued to develop, just this, you know, his, he was always surrounded by AV. He worked in sort of early video conferencing uh, way before the likes of Skype and Zoom or broadband via satellite latterly um, in the sort of 2000s, way before Elon Musk came up with the concepts of, say, Starlink. Um, and one of these technologies he brought home, um, I suppose in around about 94 or 95, was the Yamaha um, ProLogic system. So it had Dolby's ProLogic kind of built into it. And although that technology, I, I, I imagine it was, was around since around about sort of 76 or 77, it was hugely expensive and mostly in the um, in the um, in the cinemas. So come to sort of 95, I suppose, 94, this tech was, quote unquote, affordable in the homes. Um, again, my father would have got it through work. Um, so it would have been something that he didn't necessarily have to buy. Um, and I think that opened the door for me and him to get access to this kind of early tech. And I was just blown away at that point, hearing, you know, films being replicated in my front room as a child um, in 5.1. So again, front left, center, front right, rear surround, right surround and a, and a sub or an, an LFE, a low frequency effects unit. Um, I just was completely captivated by the marriage of the visuals and the sound within that space. And then I think um, getting into kind of video games as a youngster and, and sort of getting my first PC um they used to come shipped with 
you know, a, a, a Cambridge audio um, sound system and a sound blaster card. You know, a lot of us were sort of messing around with microphones and starting to make music around that time as well, uh, just because you had the capability to do so within the computer that was that you had. If you had a sound blaster card in it, you had a very bad preamp from what I can recall now <laughs> um, built into the front of the computer kind of thing. Um, but the, the main thing was the was the Cambridge Soundworks system. So it was again, it was a, you know, a white subwoofer with a volume control um, that was wired. Then again, you had small satellite speakers, again, front, left, center, front, right, rear, surround, right, surround, uh, rear, left, surround, sorry, and rear, right, surround. Um, and so it just followed me. I just, all my video games and music I was downloading, you know, or, or sort of content I was consuming was again in an immersive format. And while I think it was a little bit of the wild, wild west in terms of the distribution, like I know now that some of the music I was listening to was perhaps in quad where the computer just outputted the same signal essentially to the rear speakers. So I perceived it as immersive, um, but really you were just essentially doubling up the stereo um, field. Um, it still was something that's just been accepted in my life as I listen to music in surround. Um, and whenever I've gone to sort of friends' houses and they're just playing their music or watching a film from a TV, I can get into it and watch it, but it's a very diminished experience for me. So, you know, I think I'm just used to being in, in immersive um, environments, you know, and the work I've done when I worked in cinemas, again, very much sort of looking at um, maintaining and understanding those those distribution uh, systems and how audio is distributed then to 7.1. Um, and later into Atmos, you know, which was which is just, you know, crazy arrays and four LFEs, um, you know, object and bed channels um, across 46 plus speakers in a, in a in a big old barn, so to speak, in a big old cinema room. So I think skip forward into um, me kind of trans, you know, transitioning into academia. Um, and um, I've always wanted to write film scores in 5.1. Um, it's always been in stereo because I just haven't had the capability or the space to be able to develop such a room that has immersive. Um, you know, when the conversation came up around perhaps doing a, a starting a PhD, you know, it's like, well, what was what was the subject I perhaps wanted to to explore? Um, and it just made sense that it would be, you know, going down this kind of object based um, or meta based audio, I suppose, using the Dolby um technology around me but really getting under the hood and understanding how that works and what possibilities we have um as the result of this technology you know are there any creative workflows in terms of composition or location sound recording or um foley or sound design in general you know what can we do in terms of just approaching music just for the sake of listening to music um or what programmatic opportunities are there um for us through this tech um so you know, essentially, really, the PhD, the the title of it is, I suppose you all wanted to know that, is Experiential Soundtracks, a creative programmatic approach utilising contemporary spatial and multi-channel audio technologies, which I've kind of um, given the acronym of CSMAT, so Contemporary Spatial Multi-Channel Audio Technologies. So, yeah, what programmatic in terms of, well, is it a prescribed um, medium? So it could be a film and therefore a film score could be a video game, a VR experience, um, a piece of music, say, that's got a programmatic intention. So it could be, say, underpinning um, the concept of like a circadian rhythm or a historical sound walk, you know, um, in the Tudor period or, you know, a film that, say, 
is very much guided by sound, but the medium it's operating in is film. So it's got a narrative that's been provided via the film or what you might call a text-based medium. So I'm not trying to write music necessarily just for music's sake here. I'm trying to write it from a programmatic perspective in marrying it with a visual counterpart or at least the concept um, as a starting point for the creative kind of angle. Um, and it's going to be getting under the hood of all these immersive technologies and trying to kind of figure them out. So if any of you have listened to any kind of spatial sound or spatial mixes, to me, it's not necessarily creative. You know, we're just taking, say, Bohemian Rhapsody and let's just pan Freddie Mercury's voice around the room and maybe use a little bit more of the LFE and let's put a little bit of bleed into the centre and a little bit of bleed into the rear. That's fine. And you get, I suppose, an enhanced experience of what was a stereo mix. But I want to make it a little bit more than that and really get underneath the hood and see what actually is happening with these concepts of the sound object. Um, you know, try and actually get right to the bottom of this and compose it from from the ground up like artists such as Jean-Michel Jarre have just done with his latest release of uh, Oxymore. Um, and, and again, look at look at film, look at games, look at what's happening with, say, Apple Vision, you know, their new sort of spatial computing um technology that's coming our way where you've really got two chips you've got the spatial audio chip and the spatial vision chip what does that mean for say filmmaking um or more and more we're on skype and we're in these sort of um, meetings online that are virtual you know um well what lets that down for me quite often is bad audio and um i just don't feel like i'm really in a space so i lose attention very quickly and don't feel connected to that environment so if you were to say put me in a bar or a cafe um, virtually, say in a VR experience, well, I'm going to need to hear people dropping glasses and, you know, people shuffling around and the door opening and closing. And should the person I'm speaking to turn their head, I would expect the audio to change alongside that, um, you know, to to sort of act out the fact that the space has changed. You know, um, if we're moving more and more, I suppose, towards that world um, of more virtual working, more remote working, and sort of bigger and better, you know, define that how you might, how you might, whether it's better, you know, if a film is going to be experienced, I suppose, via a headset, um, how are you going to make it immersive? Because we've covered up the eyes. So the entire of the field of vision now is in a sort of spatial um, area or a spatial environment. But what does the soundstage um, accompanying that sound like so the moment it's looking into a lot of uh, Pierre Schaeffer's theories around the sound object um, exploring the kind of ear brain mechanism and then reduce listening if you like so what our brains actually do with the sound itself to define actually what it is um, and um, trying to apply and rebuild these theories within the new Dolby or the new meta based world um, and then building on that and trying to see what creative endeavors are kind of uh, available to me so that's kind of where I'm at, at the moment and I, again I just thought this would be the best way of me kind of documenting my journey and getting these ideas out there um, and I hope to share with you as this journey uh, continues uh, reveal kind of what I've discovered um, at times I may do a company in YouTube videos I may do a company in blogs on my website or I'll give some diagrams or some sort of further um, information but I just wanted to kind of get this journey going and um, and start documenting what I've been up to and hopefully pick up a few like-minded people on the way. So if you've got any interesting kind of um, spatial sound, immersive sound, meta-based sound, object-based sound, object-based audio, you know, immersive audio, 
all the different um, terminologies that are currently out there. Uh, please do feel free to um, follow, subscribe, all that good stuff. Get in touch with me. And um, I look forward to seeing you soon. And I look forward to updating you as my research develops over the next ooh, six years. All right, guys, catch you in the next one.